Welcome to the Watchman Channel. This channel is all about world news and Bible prophecy, pointing to the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am asking that if you can, to please help to financially support this ministry. If you feel led to pledge any amount of money, it would be extremely helpful and greatly appreciated. There is a PayPal link in the description box and in my pinned comment below. You can also donate using Cash App. My cash tag is dollar sign watchman 1963 thank you all so much for your prayers and support god bless crossroads church in cincinnati puts on shameful and worldly display with their super bowl of preaching skits include kicking a bible calling taylor swift a great theologian and the referee saying he has a reptile dysfunction music includes acdc's thunderstruck and Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. It's time to meet our players. Let's head down to the field for today's starting lineups. The myth, the legend, Brian Cole. Just call it when it lands. Call it in the air. Tails! What I'd be kicking. It, uh... Yeah, let's just go with tails. Would you like to kick or receive the Bible? I will receive. Tom wins the toss, chooses to receive the Bible. Patterson back with the kick. Oh, my goodness! Whoa. Is that a touchback? Can you yeah, even get please. a touchback? First time in 18 years there's a touchback for the kickoff. This is what last day's Christianity looks like. It is a Christianity that in its church services look just like the world. Jesus tells us the last day's church will be such a worldly Christ-rejecting church that he has been thrown out as we read in Revelation 3.14-22. through 22. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold, refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In these verses of scripture, Jesus is talking about the last day's lukewarm church, a church that has one foot in the world and one foot in the church. This church is so disgustingly lukewarm that Jesus vomits it out of his mouth. 
Jesus counsels the last day's church to buy from him gold, which is purity, white garments, which is righteousness, and isab, which is truth. These three things can only come from the purity, righteousness, and truth that Jesus offers through salvation in him. Jesus is now standing outside the door of the last day's Laodicean church, offering salvation to anyone who will listen. This is the grace and mercy of God. He has been kicked out of his own church, and yet still knocks and offers salvation to anyone who hears his voice and opens the door. I implore you today, if you are not saved, or are a lukewarm Christian, to take up Jesus' offer of salvation that can only be received through him and only him. John 14.6 Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The 2024 Super Bowl of Preaching Halftime Show. Y'all ready for this? All right, I need everybody on your feet right now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. If you're online, we're about to throw a party. Everybody, everybody up. Charles Spurgeon was way ahead of his time when he said, If you have to give a carnival to get people to come to church, then you will have to keep giving carnivals to keep them coming back. We have some breaking news, Greg. Yeah, Paco, some pretty earth-shattering allegations coming out during that halftime show. What do you got? Here it is. I just got a hand to this. We're being told by our producer that the pregame drug test came back and somebody on the field has tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Jeez. I, I mean, I just can't imagine these pastors doping. Actually, I can imagine one of them doping to get well, what... Well, no, no, no. It, it's, not, it's not any of the pastors. Indeed, it turns out referee Matt Castleman did in fact take drugs to help boost his performance. Oh, okay. I've been taking your ref. I've been taking Young again for a long time. I suffer from <laughs> side effects. Gotta be I careful. Suffer from erectile dysfunction is a real condition affecting thousands of men. So let's just get on with the game. Okay. But I just want to quote a famous theologian for you. That's how you feel. And I quote. The haters gonna hate. Hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake it off. I shake it off. That's T.A. Swift, great theologian. The book of James gives a harsh warning to rampant worldliness in the lives of believers, as we read in James 4.4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? 
Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Enmity is the Greek word ekthra, which means hostility, by implication, a reason for opposition. Enmity is defined as hostility, the state of being actively opposed to someone. A common biblical metaphor for spiritual unfaithfulness in our relationship with God is adultery, as we read in Jeremiah 3.20. Surely, as a wife treacherously departs from her husband, so have you dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, says the Lord. Scripture depicts God as the husband of his people, as we read in 2 Corinthians 11.2. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Scripture depicts believers as Jesus' bride, as we read in Revelation 19, 7-9. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. Believers in Jesus Christ are the bride of Christ, and we wait with great anticipation for the day when we will be united with our bridegroom. Until then, we remain faithful to him and say with all the redeemed of the Lord, Come, Lord Jesus. James calls out a challenge to people who have turned their hearts away from God and fallen in love with the world. When he speaks of the world, he means people whose beliefs, values, and morals are in opposition and rebellion to God's. The goals and objectives of the world are in direct contrast to God's commands. To cling to the world is to choose enmity with God. James warns believers not to cultivate a lifestyle that resembles friendship with the world. We must never pursue the ideals, morals, goals, or purposes of the world, but instead seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, as we read in Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. We must be careful not to deceive ourselves into thinking that we can live in close fellowship with God and, at the same time, set our hearts on things of this world. The Apostle Paul teaches Christians to cultivate a singular focus on heaven, not earth, as we read in Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. One clear indication that we have made friends with the world is we act just like the people of the world. Pursuing friendship with the world puts us at odds with God and in danger of losing our souls, as we read in Mark 8.36. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? If we try to hang on to the old worldly way of life, Jesus said, we will end up losing everything. But if we give up our lives for Christ and for the sake of the gospel, then we gain salvation and everlasting life with him. As we read in Mark 8.35, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, 
but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. As Christ followers, our citizenship is not on this earth, but in heaven, as we read in Philippians 3.20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, as a sign of his coming and the end of the age, there would be an increase in deception, false Christ who will deceive many, wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, Christian persecution, apostasy, false prophets, and lawlessness causing the love of many to grow cold. Jesus said all of these signs would come like birth pains. Jesus was likening last day's events to a woman in labor. As the labor progresses, the pains increase in both frequency and intensity until the baby finally comes. As we get closer to Jesus' return, all the signs he gave us as a sign of his coming and the end of the age will become more frequent and more intense. All of these signs are manifesting around the world in our time. To the fallout from the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. His family is accusing Putin's regime of a cover-up as authorities refuse to release Navalny's body. Chief Global Affairs anchor Martha Raddatz is in Ukraine where Russian forces are advancing. Ukrainian forces telling me this morning they are outgunned and outmanned by the Russians, but they will keep fighting this even as Vladimir Putin has now lost his fiercest critic. This morning, the Russian government standing firm, refusing to turn over Alexei Navalny's body to his family. Navalny's mother posting a video this morning appealing to Putin to return his body to the family. She has been unable to see it. Navalny's widow, Yulia, claiming Russian authorities are trying to disguise the real cause of death. Saying they are cowardly and meanly hiding his body. Yulia accusing Putin of killing her husband. These new images from an anti-Putin news outlet reportedly showing what may be the convoy transferring Navalny's remains from prison, although the video could not be independently verified. Putin's fiercest critic had been facing a decades-long prison sentence for extremism and other charges, which his supporters say were fabricated. His death drawing global condemnation, President Biden directly blaming Vladimir Putin and weighing a response. We already have sanctions, moving we're considering additional sanctions. This as Ukrainian forces withdraw from the city of Avdivka, with Russia claiming its biggest battlefield gain in months. Russian state media showing troops within the destroyed city's limits. One Ukrainian commander saying that they did not have enough manpower or shells to hold off the Russian assault. We went inside a hospital in Dnipro, which has been treating scores of Ukrainian casualties from the months-long battle. American neurosurgeon Dr. Rocco Armonda previously served as a doctor for the U.S. Army in Iraq and Afghanistan, but now he's volunteered here in Ukraine for the second time. The most severe of penetrating brain injuries, penetrating neck injuries, polytrauma injuries, you know, and they're victims basically of artillery. Now with crucial U.S. aid halted in Congress, Biden slamming House Republicans, but saying he is willing to meet with Speaker Johnson. The way they're walking away from the threat of Russia, the way they're walking away from NATO, is just shocking. Meanwhile, Russia is refusing to turn over the body of Vladimir Putin critic Alexei Navalny, who died at a remote prison. Putin, His widow claims Russian authorities are holding on to Navalny's remains until the poison can leave his body. 
Meanwhile, the White House and the Pentagon are urging the House to move quickly in passing the Senate's $95 billion foreign aid package. This legislation includes more than $60 billion for Ukraine, $14 billion in security assistance for Israel, and nearly $5 billion for the Indo-Pacific region, which is what we want to get into right now. House Speaker Mike Johnson, however, is warning that it will not be getting a vote in the chamber in the current form. Here's what Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh had to say about that yesterday. Watch. If we don't get this supplemental from the House, that means no more PDA packages for Ukraine, no more USAI um, packages and authorities for Ukraine. And of course, that um, puts at risk also what we're able to do in the Indo-Pacific. So our allies and our adversaries are watching to see whether the U.S. will continue to stand with Ukraine, to stand with Taiwan, to stand with Israel. Gordon Chang, back with me this morning. Gordon, great to see you. Thank you so much for being here. And I know you want to really get into specifically that money going to the Indo-Pacific. Tell me about that. Well, first of all, there are three compact states. The United States has a financial obligation to fund these compacts. This is Palau, Marshall Islands, Micronesia. These islands control Pacific. If China gets them, and China's really trying very hard, because it's saying to people on the islands, the U.S. is not funding its obligations, therefore you should ditch the U.S., go to China. That means China would have naval bases close to Hawaii, and that means we would not be able to get across the Pacific to Asia without encountering the Chinese. What you're saying is, look, the money should go, this supplemental package is important, particularly to ward off the dominance that we continue to see from communist China. Right. And these compact states, it's $2.4 billion over 20 years. But the other issue, of course, is the border, as you've talked about, because across that border, we are seeing Chinese soldiers come across. And really what we're talking about is China putting together the infrastructure in the U.S. to attack the U.S. So clearly we've got to secure that border or we're going to be fighting on our own soil. Well, it's just incredible to me that this administration refuses to acknowledge all these Chinese nationals that are coming through the border. They're creating a little mini army. And I'm wondering what the point is here. Are they trying to put people in place, I'm talking about communist China, so that when and if Donald Trump wins, they can create havoc in the streets and become saboteurs, uh, starting wildfires and, 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 and propaganda? Absolutely. That lab in Reedley, California, the secret Chinese biological weapons facility, that can't be the only one that China has. And then you put together these images of recent Chinese migrants coming into the U.S. less than three weeks, taking target practice with sniper rifles and pistols. So really what we have here is the makings of a Chinese army, not in China, but in the United States itself. And the Biden administration is not tracking these people. This is incredibly disturbing. And you said, Tar I know you, you just wrote a piece on this. If you are running from persecution, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you have a place to live and you want to be safe. You're not exactly going to go pick up a rifle and start doing target price practice, are you? No. And, and, and we're hearing over the last week when we talked about this last, there are more and more reports of Chinese taking target practice wow. in the U.S. So it's not just the ones that we saw in those images. It's also in Idaho. It's unbelievable. The Wall Street Journal is out with a report titled, China's shipyards are ready for a protracted war. America's aren't. They write this. While Chinese shipyards are thriving and primed to build at wartime rates, U.S. shipbuilding is in disarray, according to this report. Report. Chinese military planners have leveraged the nation's shipbuilding empire to build up the world's largest
largest Navy. I've talked about this with uh, General Jack Keane many times, who told me we are, bottom line, outgunned when it comes to the Navy in the U.S. versus the Chinese Navy. Clearly, China has more ships than we do. You know, we say our ships are more capable, as the chief of naval operations said yesterday. But the point is, you know, when you have a lot of quantity, you can overwhelm quality. And really, this is a problem that's been decades in the making. But Biden doesn't seem to care about it because there is no push to really build American ships. You know, it's not just commercial ships, it's Navy ships as well. This is a problem because the Chinese can build ships like 300 times faster than we can. Matthew 24, 6 and 7. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Nation is the Greek word ethnos, which means a race, as of the same habit, i.e. a tribe, especially a foreign, non-Jewish one, Gentiles, usually by implication, pagan. What I believe Jesus is saying here is that there have always been wars and rumors of wars. But when you see the same ethnic group fighting the same ethnic group, now pay attention. His return is near. Ten months of fighting have made many parts of Sudan unlivable. That's why every week thousands of people are arriving here in the town of Renk in South Sudan. Many say what little they had has been taken by fighters at checkpoints along the way. We came by bus. It took us two days to reach here. We came from Sudan because of the war. What we need is food. The immediate support we need is to eat to be able to survive. The World Food Programme, which published this video, says Mahida and her family are among about half a million people who've arrived here in the last year. This is what they've left behind. In April last year, fighting erupted between Sudan's army and the paramilitary rapid support forces. Attempts at mediation have failed. Aside from the risks of being caught in the crossfire, Millions of people have been cut off from essential supplies. Some of those arriving in South Sudan are already severely malnourished. Many more become malnourished as they wait in the transit centers. Food rations have been slashed because of a lack of funding. The rates of malnutrition are high. We are finding that the most impacted are the women and children. Some people stay in the transit centers for months. Others, who originate from South Sudan, eventually board barges on their way to communities also struggling with years of flooding and armed conflict. Between the hundreds of thousands who fled to South Sudan and Chad, and the millions displaced within Sudan itself, the UN says the conflict has created the world's largest displacement crisis and shows no sign of ending. More than 10 million children were forced to flee their homes last year in the world's 10 largest crises, according to new analysis by Save the Children. This has likely pushed the number of children displaced globally to more than 50 million, the highest number ever, more than doubling since 2010. Last year, an additional 29,000 children a day were estimated to be newly displaced inside their own country or had fled to another country, with children in Sudan and Somalia the most affected. Save the Children says a displaced child has most likely witnessed the kind of violence or destruction that no young person should ever have to see, and they have to leave everything they know behind. 
It says that when children lose their homes, they lose almost everything, their access to health care, education, food and safety. In the Gaza Strip, as of the end of 2023, the proportion of the population displaced within the enclave in just 10 weeks was one of the highest recorded globally. With these latest figures, Save the Children is underlining the need for children around the world to be supported. It says they need not only vital supplies, but also security, education, shelter, health, a place to play, laugh and learn, just a few things many of us take for granted. This is the small market of Kituku on the banks of Democratic Republic of Congo's Lake Kivu. It's now a crucial source of food for over two million people, including those who fled violence in the country's east. That's after an intensifying conflict between the army and rebels disrupted supplies to the eastern city of Goma. Roads have been cut off, leaving people like Banana Seller Esperance Nyota dependent on the scant supplies arriving in Katuku via canoes. She fears an impending famine if the situation persists. The country's authorities must do everything in their power to end the war. It's sure that after the war everything will be fine. They must do everything to end this war. Clashes in towns and villages around the provincial capital have escalated since the start of the year. As the M23 rebel group has seized territory, thousands have sought refuge in Goma. Around 135,000 have fled the town of Sake in the past week, according to the United Nations Refugee Agency. They join hundreds of thousands displaced around Goma since 2022, due to the ongoing fighting. The UN agency has warned that the conflict, including indiscriminate bombing, risks exacerbating the strain on already limited resources to cater for the influx. Akili Mali Kasalemba was injured by bomb shrapnel while fleeing his village. We were many. Seven of us died on the spot and many others were injured. It was like this during the escape. The bombs fell on us. Some died and others survived. We are currently living in a time Jesus refers to as the birth pains. We are fast approaching a time known as the tribulation that Jesus says will be the worst time in human history as we read in Matthew 24, 21. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. We are currently witnessing events that will continue to become more frequent and more intense until God pours out his final judgments on an unbelieving and unrepentant world. One of the judgments described in the book of Revelation includes the price of food being so high and scarce that it will cost a full day's wages just to barely get enough to eat as we read in Revelation 6, 5 and 6. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. In this prophecy, it will cost a day's wages just for a loaf of bread. We are not in the tribulation period yet, but we are getting extremely close. Children start arriving at this community center for lunch early in the morning, even though it won't be served till midday. All the food served here comes from donations. I know what it's like to go to bed hungry, so now that I'm on my feet, I volunteer here. 
it feels good to help and to see someone with a plate of food smile. But the meals being served are not enough to meet the growing demand in this neighborhood, where the number of people seeking food assistance is doubling every week. Four months ago, they only served children here. Now it's entire families that have to come here for a plate of food. And because of Argentina's soaring inflation, donors can't afford to give as much as they used to, which means the soup kitchen often has nothing to give. And that means that many of the people here have to go for a full day with nothing to eat. The latest overall inflation figure for last month was 20.6%. Soup kitchen director Santiago Figueroa says food prices were the most critical. We used to pay 80 cents for a kilo of rice. Now it's triple, more than $3. I am an unemployed teacher. If I don't come to this soup kitchen, I don't eat. My pension isn't enough to put food on the table. The lucky ones who came early got a plateful. But for many others, this huge pot wasn't enough. This morning, Americans are paying the price for rising inflation. From the grocery store to housing and transportation, prices were 3.1% higher in January compared to a year ago, which was worse than analysts expected. In response, the Dow plunging 500 points. While it showed improvement, was not nearly as good as anticipated. Prices are up a lot, so investors were expecting perfection. They didn't get it. Rent and housing costs increased 0.6%, a major driver of inflation. Getting behind the wheel of a car, also more expensive. It's a lot more to, uh, to, own a, uh, to purchase a car, particularly a new vehicle. And because of that, costs a lot more to get insurance on a car. Prices for many groceries also on the rise, including cereal and beverages. We're seeing prices rise for uh, fruits and vegetables. Uh, they were up a lot during the month. Uh, soda prices jumped a lot. So. All in all, prices for food are growing more slowly than they have been, but there's still you know, things that uh, we all enjoy where uh, prices are jump still jumping. Since January 2020, just before the pandemic, grocery prices are up a whopping 25%, and beef prices could hit a record high this year due to bad weather and feed costs. Luke, 21-25, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. One of the many signs we are living in the last days right before the return of Jesus Christ is nations will be in a state of perplexity or uncertainty over what to do in a difficult situation. This is exactly what is happening in our world today. Meanwhile, we keep attacking Houthi rebels, but they sure have the ability to come back and attack us. Jennifer Griffin has been keeping track of that, joins us now at the Pentagon. What happened now? Well, Neil, since Friday, when the State Department decision to put the Iranian-backed Houthis back on the U.S.-designated terror list came into effect, the situation in the Red Sea has escalated. On Sunday, the Houthis launched two ballistic missiles at the Belize-flagged, Lebanese-operated MV Rubimar bulk carrier, which was traveling from the UAE to Bulgaria. One of the Houthi missiles successfully hit the U.K.-owned ship, which is now at risk of sinking, according to a Houthi spokesman. Spokesperson. The MV Rubimar was reportedly carrying 21,000 tons of hazardous fertilizer. Its crew was rescued by a nearby merchant vessel. U.S. military officials have been alarmed at how the Houthis continue risking a broader war with the U.S. military, whose fighter pilots and missileers are on constant alert facing a barrage of incoming missiles and drones. The Houthis changed the course of naval history on November 27th by firing ballistic missiles 
missiles at sea targets for the first time ever. Today, the Houthis claim to have shot down a U.S. MQ-9 Reaper drone off the coast of Yemen and claim to have recovered the wreckage. This is the video put out by the Houthis showing flashes of light in the night sky, then drone wreckage washing up along the beach. The Iranian-backed militia claim they shot it down. This would be the third drone, third U.S. drone, shot down by Iranian proxies. On November 8th, the Houthis shot down a $32 million MQ-9 Reaper surveillance drone over the Red Sea, and on January 18th, an MQ-9 Reaper was downed by, in Iraq, by another Iranian proxy. A U.S. defense official told Fox earlier today, quote, we can confirm that a U.S. Air Force MQ-9 crashed off the coast of Hudaydah, Yemen, and are investigating the cause. And it all comes after U.S. Central Command says it took out a Houthi underwater attack drone over the weekend, the first time that type of weapon has been used in this conflict. Nora O'Donnell spoke to the U.S. Navy Admiral leading the fight against the Houthis' unmanned vessels. Do other countries have these so-called suicide drone boats? They are Iranian-manufactured, exported to the Houthis, who adapted them uh, for their own use. In this particular case, other countries around the world have different applications of the same general principle. Frightening. It's frightening. It's concerning. It's clearly why we pay so much attention to putting more eyes out on the water, detecting these small boats, whether they're crewed or uncrewed. They both have a, could have a significant effect. Uh, but by the same token, it's why we're watching all the threats from the Houthis on the water and the missile threats in particular. A senior U.S. defense official tells me they are concerned the U.S. public has gotten lulled into complacency, thinking it is easy for the Navy to keep defending its ships. If one missile gets through and hits a U.S. warship, quote, the escalation that will follow is very serious and should give people pause, the source told me, adding, this is high risk right now in the Red Sea. Whoa. Whoa. Overnight, whipping winds and heavy rain taking aim out west. Officials issuing evacuation warnings in parts of Southern California as another atmospheric river dumped up to an inch of rain an hour on the already soaked region. The rain causing massive mudslides to block a rural highway, while uprooted trees have toppled power lines. It all adds to the more than 14 inches that soaked Southern California just two weeks ago. The back-to-back -back storm systems causing more than 500 mudslides. This is wild. Officials worry this latest round of rain will lead to even more flooding and damage. On the East Coast, a different storm system spawning a possible tornado in the Florida Everglades. This days-long storm system is just getting started. The powerful storm in California bringing potentially life-threatening flooding and mudslides. Matt Gutman is in Los Angeles with the latest. The brunt of the storm so far hitting the Santa Barbara area with up to 10 inches of rain in the mountains up there. And a body was found in the debris in Santa Barbara overnight. Now the storm bearing down on the Los Angeles area. Much of Los Angeles and its residents in its path with new warnings for flash floods and mudslides. This morning, much of California under flood alerts as another atmospheric river pummels the state. In Santa Barbara, authorities reporting a fatality after a woman's body was reportedly found in Mission Creek Monday. Officials urging residents to exercise caution. We ask you all in Santa Barbara, please stay away from the creeks. They're absolutely dangerous. The city's airport closing after flooding caused operations to halt. And across the Golden State, roads disappearing under rising floodwaters. Yay! 
before we get to our home. On the Palos Verdes Peninsula near Los Angeles, heavy rains eroding the ground beneath this house, its walls cracking and windows shattering right in front of Nikki Newsham's home. You have water pipes that break, and then they add more to the misery, and then it becomes this vicious cycle. Many residents afraid of how their homes might be affected. The houses around UCLA, like going to like the downhill towards, you can see like mudslides. Luckily, our house, you know, it's fine. And in Santa Rosa, this resident recalling the moment a tree crashed into his apartment. All of a sudden, it felt like an earthquake hit my house, but from above, thought that the tree had gone entirely through the uh, wall of my house. That branch impaling his roof and wall, luckily, he was able to walk away uninjured. You can see the entire thing stretches the whole way. Now, the story with these atmospheric rivers is ground saturation. You can see what these mudslides have done to these vehicles. I want to show you something else. This is what happens when you get about a year's worth of rain in a very short period of time. It turns the soil into soup, and it's unleashed hundreds of mudslides that are bracing for more. You can see this one basically gouged out this building. They've prepared earth-moving equipment for this next round of rains, and emergency management officials here in Southern California are warning people to please stay home ahead of this storm as well. Over in southern Philippines, the death toll from a recent landslide that hit a gold mining village has increased to 68. 51 people are still missing, but local officials say the chances of finding any more survivors are very low. Floods and landslides hit Masara village on Tuesday after weeks of heavy rainfalls. The disaster buried more than 50 houses and at least four buses. Local authorities have announced the focus will now shift from search and rescue to search and retrieval. Jesus said a sign of his return would be more frequent and more intense weather as we read in Matthew 24, 7 and 8. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Pestilence is the Greek word loimus, which means a plague. Definition of a plague is any large-scale calamity, especially when thought to be sent by God. God has used plagues in the form of extreme weather in the past and will again in the future. The seventh plague on Egypt was hail. Don't forget about the famine in Joseph's time. One of the biggest is the flood in the book of Genesis. In the future, during the seven-year tribulation, God will once again use extreme weather in the form of pestilence as judgment. In Revelation 16:21, God uses hailstones weighing 100 pounds each, and great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. In Revelation 16, 8, and 9, God uses scorching heat. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. So when Jesus Christ warns us that just before his second coming, there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places, you had better believe that these occurrences are a sign from God and that he is about to intervene. The signs of Jesus' soon return are so strong now, and the evidence is so clear that any person willing to accept the truth can see that the end of the world as we know it is near. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. These are the ABCs of salvation. A. Admit that you're a sinner. B. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins 
was buried, and God raised him from the dead. See, call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Jesus paid the price for mankind's sin. He has provided a way to spend eternity with him and the Father. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. God has already done all the work. All you must do is receive, in faith, the salvation God offers. Fully trust in Jesus alone as the payment for your sins. Believe in him and you will not perish. God is offering you salvation as a gift. All you have to do is accept it. Jesus is the only way of salvation. That being said, we must repent of our sins. While repentance is not a work that earns salvation, repentance unto salvation does result in works. It is impossible to truly and fully change your mind without that causing a change in action. In the Bible, repentance results in a change in behavior. Repentance, properly defined, is necessary for salvation. One day, Jesus is coming. You may be at church. You may be at work. You may be asleep. God grant that you will be ready when he makes his personal appearance. My God, what if his appearance occurs on a Sunday morning? My prophetic word to you this morning is get ready, get ready! Time is short. Call upon the name of Jesus today.